Hello. Welcome to Science Factual. Prepare yourself for factual download. Sequence commencing. Gotta love it when you can boil down an entire anime into a meme of the main characters saying nothing but each other's names. That's right folks, rev your engines cause we're going full throttle into the classic anime Akira, based off of a manga of the same name by legendary creator Katsuhiro Otomo. Hi there, I'm Reese Hendrick, host of Science Factual, and I'm stoked to get into today's topic, Akira. We're going to focus more on the anime than the manga, because although the manga is far more involved story-wise and the imagery is phenomenal, it's likely that more people have heard of just the anime or have been only exposed to that version. Much like this week's guest, the very funny Cam Strong. We met up at his weekly comedy open mic at Patty's Bar in Portland to chat about the film before heading to the first annual comedy prom, which was amazing. Shout out to Clancy and James Hartenfeld for putting that on at the fabulous Studio One Theaters in Southeast. By the way, the opening track you just heard was Tetsuo's theme from the anime original soundtrack by group Geno Yamashirogumi, who was tapped by Otomo to do the soundtrack because of their experience with synthesizers and experimental music. Touches we can definitely hear throughout the iconic film from 1988. Geno Yamashiroguri is a music group made up of over 100 artists and is led by Tsutomu Ohashi, who is a Japanese artist and scientist. He is also known by his pseudonym, Shoji Yamashiro. Before we get too far into today's episode, I'd like to take a minute at the top to let you know that Shady Pines Radio is in the running for Willamette Week's Best of Portland poll. We're in the Arts and Entertainments category under Best Radio Station because, hey, let's face it, where else are you going to get 24 hours of amazing local content every day but the best radio station in Portland? Okay, look, don't just take my word for it. 
vote for Shady Pines Radio. For our best radio station in Portland. My favorite 24-hour non-stop local community radio. Each of the shows on here are totally independent. We choose our own music. All the music that I want, all the music that I think you'll like. But we need your help again. Shady Pines Radio has been nominated for best radio station in Portland. The best radio station. The best earth station broadcasting from the pale blue dot to universes beyond. And you can vote for Shady Pines Radio in the 2022 Willamette Wheat Readers Poll. Voting ends June 22nd. You know what I like about Shady Pines? The sense of community around art and music. Being involved with the listeners in the chat room. The community. They do so much for the arts community. Great lineup of shows. Discovering all types of great music. Some weird, some wild. Shady Pines Radio is the spice rack of your dreams. Simply because the variety is unmatched. The personal touches that you just don't get with other radio stations. Something I would never usually hear on the radio. Matter of fact, I just turned it on and they gave me a recipe. You should vote for us because we are awesome. Being able to share something that's very close to my heart. I have full reign to play whatever I want. We also get to swear. And that kind of freedom is unparalleled. What other radio station in Portland has its own IPA? Cheers. All DIY. All broadcast from our homes to you. That's why I voted for Shady Pines Radio. Vote right now! Vote. Vote. For Shady Pines Radio. Do yourselves a favor. Vote. Please. Go to ShadyPinesRadio.com slash vote. Shady Pines Radio. Love my Shady Pines Radio family. We all work hard to bring you quality content from across the multiverse, so thank you for continuing to listen and support. I think it's right about now that a good old-fashioned spoiler alert, spoiler alert, should go out, because we're about to get into some interesting facts and a couple of character analyses after this quick synopsis of the film version of the story, in case it's been a while since you've seen it. An explosion caused by a young boy with psychic powers named Akira tears through the city of Tokyo, Japan in 1988. This incident is covered up under the guise of an atomic attack, which ignites the fuse that leads to World War III. In order to prevent any further destruction, Akira is captured and taken into custody, never to be heard from again. In present-day 2019, a restored version of the city known as Neo-Tokyo, an area rife with gang violence and terrorism against the current government, stands in its place. Here, Shotaro Kaneda leads the Capsules, a group of misfits known for riding large, custom motorcycles and being in constant conflict with their rivals, the Clowns. During one of these battles, Kaneda's best friend Tetsuo Shima is caught up in an accident with an esper or ESPer, who finds himself in the streets of Tokyo after escaping confinement from a government institution. Through this encounter, Tetsuo begins to develop his own mysterious abilities as the government seeks to quarantine this latest psychic in a desperate attempt to prevent him from unleashing the destructive power that could once again bring the city to its knees. Now, I wanted this synopsis to be a little top-down and not too involved because I want to get more into facts behind the development of the manga and anime as well as some differences between the two. We'll save a quick dive into creator Katsuhiro Otomo for the water cooler facts in a bit. But in the meantime, here are some insights into the development of the revolutionary story. (laughs) 
Akira is a 1988 Japanese anime film based on a cyberpunk post-apocalyptic manga series written and illustrated by Katsuhiro Otomo. It was serialized bi-weekly in Kondasha's Sinen Manga Magazine, Young Magazine, from December 20th, 1982 through to June 25th, 1990, with its 120 chapters collected into six Tankoban volumes. The movie takes place in the year 2019, and it depicts the city of Neo-Tokyo building a new Olympic stadium. Coincidentally, the Tokyo Olympics were hosted in the summer of 2020 there. The movie consists of 2,212 shots and 160,000 single pictures, which is two to three times more than normal for its time. It also used 327 different colors, which is a record for animated films, 50 of those colors which were exclusively created for the film itself. The reason for this statistic is that most of the movie takes place at night, a setting that was traditionally avoided by animators because of the increased color requirements. The anime version of Akira ostensibly bookends the sprawling story told by the manga which takes a longer, richer, and more thought-provoking path to its galaxy-creating conclusion. It also takes a larger exploration of the Mad Max-style world of Neo-Tokyo, and the battle for supremacy fought between the city's government and rebel groups is mostly implied in the anime, whereas it is fully explored in the manga. It also does not provide a deep examination of the inhuman psychic's origin story, and the character's drug problems are much more fleshed out in the written versions. Now, I'm not going to elaborate on the key differences due to time and the amount of context I would have to provide, so I'll leave that to you to discover on your own. The short version is that the anime had to cut a bunch of context from the manga for the same reason. Time. Otherwise, you'd be looking at a four-hour monster of a movie instead of a more palatable two-hour film. This was one of the first Japanese anime films ever to have the characters' voices recorded before they were actually animated. This is a normal practice in US animation, but in Japan the animation is usually produced first, with the voiceover to follow. The music for the film was completed in very much the same way before any of the composers saw a single frame of film or even read the script. Because of this, the music had to be edited to fit some scenes. Now, Akira was well ahead of the normal budget for animated films of the day, costing at least $5.5 million, with a final budget closer to $10 million. This made it the most expensive animated production in Japanese history at the time, though it would be soon surpassed by the likes of Miyazaki's Oscar-winning Spirited Away in 2001, which cost $15 million to produce. At one point in the 1990s, Sony contemplated a live-action version of the film, but scrapped the idea when the projected budget skyrocketed past $300 million. That's the same problem with the current development it's having, but with the advancement of CGI tech and the rise of stream-produced pieces from the likes of Netflix and Amazon, the potential to have a live-action film or series adaptation may be closer to reality than not. Now, in the riot scene of the anime, Kay pushes past a man who's wearing a Young Magazine t-shirt. Young Magazine, as I mentioned earlier, was the bi-monthly comic anthology series that the original Akira manga was serialized in. Katsuhiro Otomo originally created the Akira manga as an homage to manga artist Mitsutero Yokoyama, who created Tetsujin Nijuhachi Go in 1963. That's also known as just Tetsujin 28. Both Akira and Tetsujin 28 have a main character named Shotaro Kaneda, and Akira's number 28 designation compares with the robot's number 28 designation in Tetsujin 28. Now, it's not uncommon for movies to use the same sound effects. In fact, when it comes to something like the so-called Wilhelm scream, it's become something like an Hollywood inside joke. 
In the case of Akira, the sound of the machine scanning is the same sound used by Ridley Scott for Mother in 1979's Alien. And speaking of space, getting into some accurately depicted science, as we should know, space is a vacuum and sound generally cannot be heard there. While this is a more common trope in modern movies, in the 1980s space was a field of intergalactic warfare complete with bombastic explosions and lasers, you know, the likes of Star Wars and Flash Gordon, rather than empty claustrophobic silence. The Soul launch sequence being done in relative silence was one of the rare accurate depictions of space warfare at the time. <laughs> Let's take a quick look at the characters of Kaneda and Tetsuo, as they've been the topic of analysis for nearly 35 years. Starting off with Kaneda, he grew up in an orphanage where he met his earliest and best friend Tetsuo. In this grim place, Kaneda soon developed a protective streak towards the younger and weaker Tetsuo. They also both live in a very different Tokyo than the one that we know today. An urban wasteland, dystopian Neo-Tokyo in 2019 is racked by civil unrest. It's a deteriorating world with little opportunity for a young man, much less crazy kid like Kaneda, whose profession is really as a high school student and bike gang leader. Naturally, Kaneda puts as much effort into the latter as he does the former. Now, his challenge is in handling his relationship with Tetsuo, and although Kaneda cares for Tetsuo, he can't ignore the recent changes in his friend. And after Tetsuo kills another member of their gang, Kaneda must unravel the mystery of Tetsuo's new personality while wrestling with his duties as a friend and his own personal demons. Now, he's rebellious and hot-headed, but courageous. His fellow bikers describe Kaneda as being full of himself, and they're probably right, but while Kaneda is arrogant, he's also protective of those close to him. Speaking of whom, let's get on to Tetsuo, who grew up in the same orphanage with Shotaro Kaneda, who is his best friend. He was often bullied as a child, and Tetsuo often had to be rescued by the older Kaneda, something that Tetsuo might have appreciated at the moment, but which has done serious damage to the 15-year-old's self-esteem. Tetsuo's challenge is dealing with that lack of self-worth, and he wants to be accepted by his friends and earn their respect and not be bossed around and babied by them. Yet while the emergence of mysterious powers may help Tetsuo gain more confidence, it may be misplaced and they may bring more problems than they solve. His arc has to deal with the concept that with great power comes great responsibility. Shout out Uncle Ben! It suffice to say that after doing a deeper dive into the background of the Akira catalog, I definitely want to get my hands on a double volume set and see what the nuance and overt differences between the manga and anime actually are. Up next we have an interview with one of the funniest people I know, Cam Strong. We got to talking about Akira before his Sunday open mic at Patty's in downtown Portland. Check it out. Giddy up, Gideon. I like Giddy up, Gideon. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, as one of my vocal warm-ups, I, I got it from Anchorman. It's the human torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> yeah. I, I say it every time before I start recording at home, and my wife knows like that's what I'm really like getting into it is when I recite that particular ditty. Yeah, that's a good one. I just watched it the other day. That was my favorite part. And all the other catchphrases by Odin's beard. <laughs> well, the, the folks, the voice other than my own that you hear, it, it's Cam Strong. Hi. What's going on, everybody? Hey, uh, we're at Patty's, uh, downtown Portland. 
we're here before your open mic that's going to be taking place. Well, is it, is it taking place tonight? Is yeah. It, okay, and, and then we're going to prom. We're going to prom right after this, yeah. yeah. Not, not together, although if you want to go together. I kind of think that we're already on a date. Okay. Yeah, this is I, <laughs> make a live eye contact. Very <laughs> yeah, true. Sure. The back room of a yeah, bar. That's true. Le- leather chairs and, and bow ties. Uh, Forced yeah. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm happy to be here. We're going to talk about, I say Akira. Okay. Because you can I sing d- it if you want, or whatever yeah. you want to. Do you say Akira or Akira? Akira! It matters how yeah. I'm feeling in the moment. Okay, sure. <laughs> but like in regular conversation, if, you, if you were talking to like yeah. someone on, on the max that, you, would, were, that yeah. you liked. I would go Akira because <laughs> I finance was it Finicate? Phonicate? Was it it's phonics? Yeah, too many syllables. But it's Akira. Akira, yeah, yeah. So I, I, whenever I say that, people for whatever reason they don't they don't bridge the gap to the anime uh, or manga. Yeah, that's another way. It's it's not tomato tomato with that. It is manga. If you say manga, you're a fucking noob. Manga. Oh, I say manga. Oh no. I'm, that's okay. I'm a noob. I don't care. That's okay. But well, I also say so Akira. You, so whatever, yeah. you know. It's a double-edged sword. <laughs> it's, it, it, so many rules. We also have to tread kind of lightly. Uh, I feel like. What do you? Me I, as well, white I, guys? Yeah. Well, I don't want to give it. A, I don't want to give like a Japanese name the accent. Oh sure, sure. Yeah, and, and somebody take it the wrong way. It's like no, I'm just really Akita. into being accurate. I guess you can do any other accent as long as it's not the one of the peoples you're thinking and trying to do. You know, <laughs> Akira. Yeah, sure. Okay. Like Manga. Upper East Side. Uh, yeah. Akira. There you go. Okay. So I can get away with Akira. that. Get your Akira out of here, boy. Something yeah. like that. Sure. Oh, you yeah, know, like a... to, I keep extra Akira under the placemat. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Dude, I've seen your rose battles. Fantastic. Pretty good. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. Really There's been a lot of fucking jokes. <laughs> Just some real humdingers. Like, and it, and it's, I think the last one I saw was you and Tori Ward. Oh, you were there for that. I think yeah. so. And it was so brutal. so brutal. It was great. We it had a really amazing. good show. We won. Yeah. You yeah. won. <laughs> I think it's that personal touch that really allows you to fucking dig the knife deep that got the audience. They were, they were with they, it. They were sure. with it. Yeah, yeah, they loved it. Uh, well, before we get too much further, Cam, what is your Instagram? Oh, <laughs> Cam Strong is cool. I agree. Cam Strong is cool I on agree. Instagram. It's a dog shit Instagram. I gotta do something else with that, but that's okay. But we can we can see all of your dates like mm-hmm. and, and stuffs on there. Cool. Yeah. So follow at Cam Strong is cool. Uh, Cam, how did you get started in stand up comedy? Oh man, like I remember always wanting to do stand up, like ever the whole time. Um, but I, I didn't start until I moved up here to Portland from Alabama. And I went one time to an open mic, and then it sucked. And I didn't do it again for, like, two years. But well, I used to play rugby, and then, like, I started getting so depressed. I got, like, really, like, my life was not good. I started seeing a lot of, like, it was gray all the time. And then one day I was just like, I'm going to fucking go do it. I'm going to become a comedian. And I just became a lot happier and a lot, you know, a lot more rounded as a person. And, and when was this? Uh, 2015. Okay. So, yeah. you've been, so you've been at it in, in, sincerely for about seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh, gonna have to double back real quick to that rugby comment. Okay. You played rugby? I played rugby for about eight years. That's amazing. Oh, no. Yeah, it felt like eight years. I started when I first started college. Okay. What position did you play? Uh, whole back line. Fly half, full back, wings. I played a little bit center. I played some lock. I played some flank. 
I played it all, you know. Nice. Like, I, I've been around, yeah. Those are actually pretty technical positions. Like, you you do a lot of assisting. Oh, yeah. It's a pretty good uh, setup, guys. I had yeah. really good tackling. I had a good boot, as nice. they say. Yeah. Balls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Cool. And then... Uh, well, that, yeah. that's rad. I, uh, <laughs> actually, when I went to camp growing up, I played Australian rules football, mm. which is not dissimilar to rugby. I mean, it is ostensibly, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, did you learn the haka? <laughs> no. Okay. I always roll. I mean, the haka's cool. I'm glad people have a culture, but people would do it and act like it's this intimidating fucking thing. And it was just like, guys, you're goofy and you're going, ah, it's not it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if it's if it's a team where, like, the predominant name set is, like, Chad yeah. and Rick. <laughs> it's like Eastern Kentucky Tech rugby team is doing the haka. It's, this is so dumb. Is that where you went to Eastern Kentucky? No, I went to Auburn University in Alabama. Oh, okay. But, you know, we play teams, and then they would learn the haka for some fucking reason. And sure. Just insult the whole culture of people. Yeah. <laughs> it was never fun. No, I would assume, I would assume <laughs> it's not. It's very stupid. No. Especially not for Pacific Islanders in the audience. Your whole Pacific Island base here is being... Right. Yeah, and Kentucky and Alabama is really being marginalized even more. God, we should really put a stop to that. Stop <laughs> marginalizing Pacific Islanders in Alabama. Yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Thank you for being brave enough to say it. I, I appreciate that. So, Cam, what was your first exposure to science fiction? Oh, okay. Science fiction. Um, I love how you act like I didn't send you the questions already. I fucking read them, and I didn't think about them at all. A, few, a couple of them I did, but this one I thought I'd be able to answer. <laughs> I didn't even... Like, I dude, thought you'd be able to. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like Star Trek, maybe? Okay. I don't know. I didn't really care about uh, science fiction up until, like... I think 1984 was like it's not really sci-fi but it's very it is science fiction for sure um, the whole Brig Brother thing and the like, technology eyes absolutely uh, yeah I would say it's very dystopian science fiction yeah it's actually one of my favorites and I think that it's a very well made film yeah just the way that like oh film I never read, saw the movie oh you're oh, oh okay so 1984 the book yeah you're talking strictly oh, the novel okay. yeah yeah a yeah. lot of my my First science fiction was from like books and stuff. Yeah, sure. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, like Asimov. I read a lot of Asimov. Nice. And, uh, yeah, I love Asimov. God, I didn't see Star Wars till I was like 23. That's probably the most popular answer, but yeah, it, it is actually <laughs> yeah, it's some form of Star Wars. Whether yeah. you know, like the younger crowd is usually the prequel trilogy and then the the original. But yeah, I mean, uh, you're the first to have said a novel <laughs> off the bat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, suck it, losers. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> suck it, losers. So what was your uh, first anime experience? Oh, jeez. Like? I don't even know. Or, or I, as you like to say, what was your first manga? Because like, <laughs> um, they're, they're not the same thing. I mean, like, obviously, like anime is an animated you know, uh, show as opposed to manga or manga. And dork is pronounced dork yeah. wherever you are. That's, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I know the difference between anime and manga, dude. You mispronounce, you mispronounce <laughs> Cam Strong. <laughs> <laughs> it's pronounced dork. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember my first anime I ever watched was Ninja Scroll. Uh, okay. We were over at a friend's house and he had it on tape and we just watched it. I watched it over and over again. Yeah. I thought how fucking cool it was. it was. Have you seen Ninja Scroll? I haven't seen it in its entirety. I've seen it on like Boomerang and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah or uh, what was the one? Toonami? Yeah. I think it's a little before my relative time. 
<laughs> yeah. What are you like? Uh, uh, baskets or is it was it cake baskets? Or what is goofy fucking animes out there? <laughs> Ranma one and a half. <laughs> I, I first started watching. I like the first. I, I, I would have to say to even call it anime, oh, but Samurai Jack. Oh yeah. Trigun, Samurai Champloo. Yeah. Was another one, um, and then I, I took a real sharp turn into hentai, but that's another podcast. Right, that's yeah. a sharp turn. It's they're right next to each other. They are. They, <laughs> they are one tentacle away. Dude, the second someone yeah. drew a, a person, they made them naked, like right after, and they made them do dirty things with t- octopuses. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a natural progression. It's a natural progression. <laughs> yeah. You make a man god, and then he makes you have sex with an octopus. <laughs> so that that kind of brings us to. Akira, yeah. which, which thank you for suggesting it. It had been so long since I'd seen it that upon rewatch, there were some things where I was like, huh, <laughs> yeah. didn't remember the almost rape in the alley. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, she gets punched in the face. She gets punched in the face, and it's just so casual. Yeah. Um, also, cringe at the, like, atomic bomb reference opening yeah. in a Japanese city. Like, <laughs> it's just like, oh. Yikes. Uh, well, they get to. You know, if anyone right. gets to make fun of... Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> drops. Yeah. We can't make... Because we did it. Right. <laughs> it's like I slapped you and I'm like, you know, ha, ha, I slapped you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so true. Well, uh, yeah, if they could get away with it, it'd be that. Mm-hmm. What made you choose this in particular? Oh, uh, well, you had an ever-shortening list of things I've seen that you wanted to talk about. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> that was a big and one. You're, and you're unwilling to watch new things. <laughs> totally. For, yeah. I'm done with the movies. I don't watch anything new. All filled up over here. Yeah, I'm into, yeah, like, late-period dramas, you know, Little Women and stuff like that. Okay. So, <laughs> gotcha. Um, big Downton Abbey yeah. guy. Yeah. Solid. I'm not, Go- Gosford Park fan? Yeah. Like Gosford Park? That's for gays. Uh, I don't know. I've never heard of Gosford Park. So huge Gosford Park. Fan. <laughs> <laughs> Massive. God, one of the biggest. Um, so it's like, what's the, it's like science. It's romantic fiction. That's what science, you know, if you're going the other way. There's no science involved in this at all. But it is fiction. It's period yeah. piece fiction. I don't know. Sure. Like candle. Oh, so I pick Akira because I just think it's cool. It's a fucking sick movie. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I'm down to talk about it. That's why. Nice. Yeah. I, I love the vibe that it gets. I love the like the animation house spawned some of the most like prolific artists to then branch out into other uh, shows like Dragon Ball Z. You could see a lot of influence in just like I think the, Dragon. Oh, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. And, well, in Dragon Ball and just and, and kind of that whole feel like when the the ground is breaking up and, mm-hmm. and being you know like gravitated upward or when you know like his hair is kind of flowing backwards it has like yeah. a very super saiyan like power up vibe i like animation a little bit more than i like anime sometimes like I, i'll just watch an anime because it's fucking cool to watch you know sure. the story's kind of secondary sometimes but one of the coolest parts is like when they're on their bikes they ha- there's all these like uh, light lines. I was just thinking about yeah, the, the blurs light lines. of the light. Yeah, I'm like, absolutely. oh, that's so fucking and sweet. The way that they make it fade out as it is moving yeah. is, is so interesting to me. Like, I've always wanted to know more about how they achieved all of these things, mm-hmm. which I'm sure I'll get into in the water cooler facts here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for um, sure. I always wanted that motorcycle. Yeah. I, I never had any toys growing up, but I did have a friend who had a bunch of uh, action figures from various anime and manga, yeah. and um, 
in Canada, and, and his uh, bike was one of them, and also Tetsuo as when he was like powered up and has like the, oh, the one arm. arm. Dude, that's yeah, sick. Yeah, dude, super sick. <laughs> they kind of did um, like the power levels over nine thousand kind of a thing when they're yeah. talking. They're talking about his bike, which, by the way, is like the fan. How did he get a custom? Bike, the fastest bike in the whole city, or something. Post World War Three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, dude, he, I can't even afford. We can't even afford gas. Gas is over six dollars a gallon now. It's like. And then he put stickers on it too. Right. It's like, yeah. <laughs> like a, a cannon, really cool. like yeah, a, yeah, a, yeah, like exactly. a camera sticker yeah. he put on it. Well, I mean, it, it was very like turn of almost turn of the '90s Japan, where like every other available space was a billboard or advertisement oh, yeah. for a production or like manufacturing company mm-hmm. so and canon and sony were fucking like gods oh fuck. In, the, sure. in the 80s and 90s and like, like uh, kawasaki and absolutely and, and I, I thought it was funny when tetsuo like steals his bike for the first time and he's like oh i can't even let it idle below 5,000 yeah it was like shifting gears and i'm just like what kind of bike is this yeah, like, why you can't go over yeah. to less than how do you start yeah, it <laughs> right exactly it's like okay uh yeah, great the, i'm just gonna fucking go balls to the wall the entire time like what if i just need to go to the corner store and pick yeah. up some milk you know like what's the speed limit in this town what if it's under 10 miles per hour how do you do that you just can't go yeah. and it, it's like that plot armor stuff because they at the beginning one of the, my favorite lines is they're he, they're talking about his bike and he's like oh ceramic brake discs yeah. nine twenty thousand more ho- horsepower goes 200 miles or something like that yeah and it's like you're just making up numbers and things that aren't real it just sounds like 200 horsepower it's 12,000 rpm yeah and I, and I was i was looking up like other bikes and i was just like that's kind of weak bro like <laughs> Yeah. Or it's, I mean, tw- but 12,000 RPM is, is the high end. I don't, I don't know. I feel like I'm talking out of my ass. I don't know anything I about feel like RPM. I'm going to get a bunch of emails from bike guys and be like, actually, it's this. Okay. That's, that's a different caliber of nerd. Dude, yeah, the guy who cares, the bike Akira the, nerd. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the bikers and the manga guys. He probably also definitely has a samurai sword. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or totally. a katana. Or like on his bike, he yeah. has like lightning on it and shit. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oof, nice. <laughs> so, uh, are we just talking now, or you got questions? No, I got questions for okay. you. For instance, who's your favorite character in Akira? Oh, jeez. You know what? Oh, man. I think they're all kind of dumb, actually. They're all kind of, they like... They are, and they're all kind of assholes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Kaneda? Uh, yeah. Kaneda? Um, he's the coolest one, I guess, but... What I did, when I found myself in the movie, I think Tetsuo. Tetsuo is my favorite character, because he's, like, the only one has any importance and in the kind of relatability, movie. like... Yeah. I, I, everybody can relate to feeling insignificant, and mm-hmm. then also, like... If, I'm sure you've had an opportunity where you've gone a little drunk with power, like, I, I certainly <laughs> yeah. have. I mean, you yeah. run open mic. I got an open so, mic yeah, later. I'm not to... <laughs> <laughs> like shit Iron hand it, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Everyone gets three and a half minutes. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. And then, um, yeah, like, all the... I'm just going to bleed in, because the next question is, like, who I dislike, right? Yeah, who's your least favorite character? Yeah. What I didn't like... I love the movie. I think it's so cool, and it's, like, really touching a lot of, like, abstract ideas. It's, like, a new thing. You know, they invented a whole bunch... A whole universe for this thing. It's so yeah, they neat. sure did, yeah. But, like, all the characters are not... They're not important. None of the characters are important. Sure. And um, they're all kind of, like, used to just justify this whole, like, Akira story. Like, they're, you know, they're just kind of, like, puppets in order for them to tell the story of Akira and this bomb dropping and this whole thing, this whole blob thing. I feel like there was so much... uh, Do you know much about the manga series? No. 
So I, I've read parts of it. I have largely read more synopses about it, but I think that they tried to put too much of a general concept into one film. I mean, it is also two hours long, which for 1988, an animated film being that long was unheard of. Yeah. Uh, I think Heavy Metal was the only other one that kind of put a snuff to that. Yeah. And, I, I, you know, it was, it just felt like it was trying to do a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, it, but, yeah, I, I, it did feel like a lot of the characters were there just for the sake of the story and didn't help it along in any way. And even ones that did or, or that were integral to the plot seemed a little shallow. Yeah. Kanade doesn't do anything. He doesn't no. learn as a character. No. He's just like, I'm going to punch things and go fast or he whatever. He even says at one part, I think K says at one part, like, it's a trap. And he goes, yeah, I know, but I want to yeah. know how much of a trap. And <laughs> right. it's like, you're so, like, three-dimensional. You know I mean? It's, like, yeah. kind of ridiculous. And he's just, like, chasing skirt the whole time and, like... Well, 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 I mean, what biker guy doesn't? Uh, I think it's Lance Armstrong. <laughs> That's a bicycle. It's a biker. <laughs> yeah. You remember that scene in uh, in uh, Super Troopers where they're meeting at the restaurant? Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, biker. Biker. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. I was like, nah, not quite a biker. Yeah. Oh, but my least favorite character yeah. is uh, Kaori. I think that's her name. Yeah. Tetsuo's girlfriend. Yes. Because she's literally just the sacrificial lamb. She yeah. gets punched in the face. Yeah. Her tits get revealed. And then she's yeah. slaughtered. She's just smashed right. together by uh, Tetsuo. By Tetsuo, yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. she was completely just, like, there to be used. Yeah. Just. And she that, doesn't say anything it's, rewarding. It's not to victim blame. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Fuck to, her up. Just to say movie. that she was poorly written and just, like, completely thrown to the wolves. She yeah. even looks, like, poor. Should yeah, she street urchin and like and like when dirty. they're walking when, when everybody else is like oh Tetsu is a fucking idiot like yeah. when they're all walking away she's like okay well I guess I'll just go fuck myself like, <laughs> yeah yeah sorry you, you introduced to her and it's a downer right she's like where's my boyfriend yeah. everyone's like go fuck yourself we yeah. don't care about you he's an idiot anyway like, what the hell and then the first time it's like just downbeat after downbeat she meets Tetsuo and he has a head wrap right he had just escaped from like a mental institution yeah and then he's like come with me and there's like okay yeah, yeah she <laughs> has like no personal like and then she agency. She gets punched in the face. Yeah. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah. So at least you're your character. And you know she's poor because that shirt just ripped right off. Dude, that's threadbare. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was a sub 100 thread count. In fact, all the women in the movie were kind of vapid and like a bit. like Kay, she doesn't do anything either. She's like being chased by Canada, yeah. and then she's uh the mole or the character, and then she's used by the the telekinetic kids right. to what mind blast Tetsuo a little bit <laughs> yeah it, yeah it doesn't yeah it just basically is like the slightest holdover yeah. and what's more is that uh, okay seven fucking uh, soldiers shot Tetsuo with that laser gun that yeah. kind of does laser <laughs> and then all of a sudden like for whatever reason kind it of works now yeah, it's, just, it, it's just so ridiculous and one could make the argument that Okay, perhaps he was uh, a little bit tired, and you know, like his powers weren't as prevalent. But I don't, I don't he know. He was getting I, stronger. Yeah, I, yeah, he was getting well, he was getting uncontrollably strong. Right. And, and I, I feel like the pre the appearance and presence of Akira at the end is a double-edged sword as well. It's a little bittersweet because it's like, okay, he shows up without saying a word, which is beholden to the. Oh, he uses a word. 
He well, says like, "Hi, let's go, everyone. All right, bye." Right, bye. But, he, but he doesn't. I mean, but that's it. And right, he, right. He, he, that that kind of speaks a little bit to his character in the manga, where like he's a, a, a character of few words. So like, just to have him come in and like still fuck the city up. Yeah. Because that's the second time that, and I, I feel like it's a little bit of revenge. Like, like yes, he has to envelop Tetsuo in order to take him to the alternate universe, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, did he have to, like, re-fuck up Tokyo? Right. Like, there's just another giant power. crater. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it just seemed a little arbitrary and vindictive, like, at, at worst, but... They totally dropped the ball on... Rebuilding Japan, they totally the <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, like they, they rebuilt it with the rubble from the first catastrophe. Yeah, like they didn't just like use new materials; they just hyper recycled. And uh, yeah, and like everything fell apart. And apparently, this is better than Tetsuo just going on a mad break or whatever. You know, I don't believe. I think they would have killed him or something. I don't know. He was seeming pretty powerful. I mean, it, and if his power was increasing, it kind of seemed necessary for Akira to step in because it, it wasn't until like he, he it seemed like he was unstoppable until he came within. The proximity of Akita's uh, jars. I mean, unstoppable. Like they had, haven't found anything. They would have dropped a bomb on him or something, or he would have ate himself. Like what? Would he have taken over the whole world? It just. I think he would have either become like an unsustainable monster, right? Like, yeah. Like where he would have just like kind of unconsciously become this huge fucking thing that would have just spanned the entire city. Yeah amalgamating like more technology and flesh as he becomes bigger um, and then he is just earth right yeah <laughs> I, I think like at some point you become unsustainable right right yeah, like I mean the world's biggest mammals in the water for a reason because if it was on land it would fucking get crushed your, under its own weight your mom's in the water dude absolutely yeah <laughs> 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 she goes from port to port, just yeah. like just docks and yeah, fucking getting waved. Gets fucked like by just, like a bunch of sailors and absolutely. Yeah. That's your mom. That's, that's my mom. <laughs> well, that would have been neat. I okay. I guess I get why they had to use Akira to fucking fucking was it Dea, Deus Ex Machina the whole thing basically yeah 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 he, he comes in as the as basically the only option right uh, because it, nothing that man was throwing at him you know was was doing the trick although that soul device was pretty rad that, yeah. that space laser space laser <laughs> space laser yeah it's called space laser yeah yeah it's called space laser space laser let me ask you this do you think that this should get a live action treatment no, I mean absolutely not. It's, okay. it's fine in its own form. Okay, and in the track record because they live, did like Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, and they've done Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball, and they yeah. did, well, that was we don't talk about that. We do see that's why you know what I'm saying. Like, well, but if we give it to the right people, like I, yeah, okay, uh, I'm optimistic that it, they could play it and it could be good. Like but the like track if, record, if the producers sucks. have altered carbon. Yeah, did Akira as a series? I think it would be Ooh. pretty rad. Just, yeah. a, just a one season series maybe eight episodes kind of like a cowboy bebop type deal right and that was all right too. yeah that was i thought it was pretty good yeah um well i think there's a fascination with remaking things that don't need to sure. be remade yeah but i guess well, that's why i asked yeah. because I, I feel that way about a lot of things that come out but i think you could probably make that argument for like from the manga to the anime like the people who love the manga like why would you ever make it into something else 
And that's, well, that's just the progression of art, dude. You yeah, know, it's so true. It. Yeah, it's true. But, and, and why not be able to get away with some kind of cooler things? Because there are a lot of visual effects in the anime that, you know, like when he's looking at, when, when the doctor's looking at that, like, kind of... Oh, uh, the little kleidoscope? Yeah, kaleidoscope projection. And, like, I, which I did not like, by the way. He's like, yeah. look, it's matching, or whatever. Right. Like, we're supposed to understand what this thing is. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I didn't get it. I wasn't on board with it, really, I but like, I, I thought it looked cool. Yeah, it's like, but okay, like, if right. you say so, Doc. <laughs> I did like that he got crushed under his own uh, devices, like yeah. in his own little truck or whatever. That was good. All right, so no live action. There, there aren't any plans to do so. So, so, I mean, you know. They will, though. I, I think I it's think on might. the short list for sure. I think they might. There have been guys in rooms who have pitched this idea. Oh, 100%. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And and I'm sure in, in time frames where CGI wasn't even that good. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm glad I'm glad that they, if they do it, it will be when CGI is almost, like, <laughs> indeterminable from, from the real life. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> from the anime. Yeah. They just make it. Whoa, it was a CG? It looks like right. Android. Well, that's crazy. <laughs> 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 Did a person like draw this? No, this is computer graphics. Oh, 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 oh. Hey, remember when people drew things? That's dumb. Dude. Yeah. Now we get computers that look like they were drawn. Check out this digital flipbook. <laughs> There's a few things that I thought was really funny about the movie. Yeah. Like, okay, so the first the the clown gang up top. What's the so really dropped the bomb on the ball on like having gang warfare? Yeah. Because as we know, there's just two. There's the clowns, and then there's so far as we know. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Whatever they're called, I don't even know what they're called. But what I that was so fucking funny is like how do I can it, Canada 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 has like, this like if you were saying Canada like but very Canada, very, Canada. yes exactly yeah I got from LA but I'm going to Canada yes um, Canada has this state of the art bike it's top line and then they get in this clown gang little scruff and then he pulls out a pipe yeah <laughs> right there, there are no advanced weapons use a long stuff. pipe yeah <laughs> It's like if you were to pull out like a, like a crossbow. Yeah, it's like, what? But not, but not like a hunting crossbow, like one of those ones where you had to like, you know, like yeah. you'd be standing next to a trebuchet or something. Yeah. It's like, it's like flatchets and yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, this is... Yeah, it seemed a little arcane. Yeah. Like, there like, weren't any guns. Well, I think the Japanese culture with guns is like yeah, true. crazy. It's really yeah, like hard true. to have a gun. So yeah, I it's see that. Yeah. yeah. The cops have guns. And that's why it was... At the beginning, the guy had the the telekinetic... Were those kids or adults? And they were just dried up? They're just dried up kids, yeah. Yeah. I I was thinking that too, yeah. Because they they, they seem a little odd and like their skin tone is is different. (laughs) I don't quite understand why the espers, that's what they're known as in the manga, the three of them. I don't know why in particular they are drained in comparison to Akira, who, when he comes back, or because I, I think he can take whatever corporeal form he wants because he's just pure energy. Yeah. So, but the others, you know, like they were experimented on as children. So, like having to use that telekinesis or psychic power, I'm sure, has put a strain on the body. And they didn't get much sunlight either. It's no, 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 <laughs> no, no, certainly not. I think that the most outside action that they got because the little girl was in a fucking 
Yeah, she's a bubble. Yeah, she Which was apparently a bubble was girl. not necessary. She was fine outside yeah, of it. Yeah, she was totally fine. <laughs> yeah, it, it seemed ridiculous. And also, like, the getup that she was the in. The nightgown? Yeah, they had, like, the pink silk nightgown. And, and they don't and age. They don't get bigger. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and I don't know how old they are. Because if you think about it, it was in the 80s. I think it was, like, 1987 or 88, like when it was released but that's when it takes place in the anime that the first accident takes place yeah and then it's, it's like 2019 like, and then 2019 is when the events of the film oh. takes place so they are they're like, like they're younger than me right <laughs> but they're also children size yeah. yeah I don't I don't quite get it they also have these palm tattoos like they're fucking Richard Ramirez or something like <laughs> and they look creepy too I'm not too into right. it yeah uh, and, and I feel like they had the power to top to stop Tetsuo super early. Yeah, they fucked. Oh, right. If he hadn't stepped on that glass or whatever, they would have, yeah. like, crushed him with, a, like, the car, the teddy bear thing or something. They right. would have snuffed him out. Yeah, I, I, I feel like... But then again, there wouldn't have been a story. Right. So. And that's kind of dumb that they were afraid of blood because it's like, what do you think was going to happen after you smashed his arm or whatever? He's going to bleed. He's gonna, There's yeah. going to be blood unless you suffocate him to right. death. <laughs> like, well... <laughs> Hindsight's always twenty twenty, I guess. Oh, help me clear up something. Yeah. So Tetsuo, yes. he he awakens his powers or something. Number twenty six, like he like blasts them and he's like, now you're one of us. Right. So that that was a point of contention for me as well. I looked it up and there's a, there are a couple of schools of thought as well as like the official version. The official version is that he was taken by the colonel and that program to get experimented upon because of his interaction with 26. So the colonel, like, did it to him while, while he was in the hospital. Right, so th there's there, there are two forms of thought. There's one where his contact with 26 initiated it solely. Right. Then there's the... Uh, he got fucked up by 26 because he put his hand out and stopped the bike or whatever, and then he, he was taken by the colonel and then they experimented upon him and then there's a third camp that is the combination there within and i think that it's the combination of those two events that helped accelerate awaken and accelerate his powers so quickly because yeah. they just didn't they just glossed they're, they're, the movie's they, like they don't, sure don't worry about it he they has sure powers did. now yeah. here we go yep no I, I, I had to look it up on a couple of different fronts to clarify yeah no that's a good question uh, because it does seem like by the time the action gets started, you're like, how did this happen again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're like, don't worry about it. Big right. lobby thing. We're, just go with it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the bad guy. All of a sudden, the colonel's a good guy. Right. Even yeah. He, like, stops like, a coup and shit. No, he causes the coup. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he starts the coup. Yeah, yeah he's he, the coup uh, originator. Yeah. Did not last long. He's like, no, kill that guy and um, just go kill everyone else, too. Yeah. And they're like, okay. Right. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, and again, that speaks to about how surface the characters kind of were. I mean, right. Yeah, it, it just it, all of the action seemed a bit arbitrary until the the fight sequences. Oh, speaking, of, that reminds me, they, fucking Canada cannot not be in dirty water. He's in dirty water like yeah. four times in this movie. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he's not a big fan of it. No, he's always in it. Sure is. Uh, and, and dude, that guy that uh, that Kai shoots. The, 
the, the, the oh, dude, right, blast off, like, yeah, off his fucking head. Like part of his face, and he like also like passes out and half drowns in the yeah. shit river. <laughs> I, felt, I felt bad for him. Dude, that's not a way to go. No, no. And then those other guys who were infiltrating the hospital to try to rescue yeah uh, Tatsuo, they're they're in that other. That's that's the other sewage that they get into, and one of them gets shot up and like fucking is like purple. I'm Bucket dead and I have turds in my gut. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Not the ones that I made. Dude, I didn't realize the like the subplot of what's his name? Numa? Nima? The uh, the guy who looks like a rat. He has big buck teeth. And oh, he has like yeah. the brushed back hair. Yeah, yeah. He um he's playing double he he got the the conspirators in order to make the colonel look bad so right. that he could overthrow him right. and take the power of the council. That's right. And then when it didn't work, he fucking yeah, It did not work near God. And, and like, had a weird heart attack <laughs> in the alley. And then uh, Ryu, when he comes up and he's like all shocked that he, like, like that he was betrayed again. Like he yeah. shoots him again a couple of times but like misses because he's yeah. a fucking noob. Yeah. And he was like... He doesn't even know how to pack a suitcase. Seriously. Dude, <laughs> this guy Take sucks. Take two suitcases. He was the fucking dumbest guy. Or just not have $100,000 in stocks and bonds, you know, just to have a little bit of money. That's true, but yen is, I mean, it's a different oh, exchange yeah. rate. I mean, yeah, 100,000 yen is, you know, fucking different. <laughs> <laughs> Cam, where can we hear you perform next? Um, uh, Buck, uh, Poland's Funniest Contest, June nice. July. Oh, nice. Butter, June 24th. Nice, that's uh, a fun, fun house. house. Yeah, fun check house it out. Lounge, one of the best spots in the city. Yeah. That is an improv comedy showcase mm-hmm. spot that's on 11th near Division. Mm-hmm. Well, we're also here at Patty's. That's every Sunday starting at 8. Yeah, Patty's open mic. That's your open mic. Definitely looking forward to Portland's uh, Portland's Funniest. Should be a good Great. time. Oh, yeah. Are you on the same show that... I got, like, T.C. Benitez in mind. And, uh, who else? A few other cats. A bunch of people I don't don't know at all. You have Bigsby? No. Okay, because he's on the July 3rd show. Yeah. Now, mine's, like, the third to last show. Okay. Yeah. So I got a good... I got a month. Nice. <laughs> you got... You got what you want to are you working on what you want to work on I'm already I'm good yeah. I mean I, I'll as I am making jokes the set I'm gonna do is like the set I think is the best for the week sure so I'm not really too much sweating about having like a, a hard five minutes nice is this yeah. the first year you've done it or no I've done it a few times yeah I would assume yeah, yeah. okay right on uh, new management though new management year, we'll yeah. see how they fly put, put an extra round in got more people but yeah that, that, just, that means more. Com- yeah, it means more competition, though. Mm-hmm. So we shall see. Uh, Cam, thank you for joining me. Hey, I appreciate for it. Me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking forward to this mic. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Reese. Yeah. Always a great time hanging with Cam and hitting the Patty's mic. If you're in need of some laughs on a Sunday evening, then that's the spot for you. Make sure to stick around for Cam's set from Helium Comedy Club at the end of this episode. I guarantee that if you're having a bad day, you're probably going to keep having a bad day in general, but at least you will have laughed for a little bit of it. (sighs) Oh, well, you know what that sound means. It's time for your water cooler facts. Alright, let's shift gears back into fact mode with a shallow end dive into the vast pool that is writer, artist, director Katsuhiro Otomo. Katsuhiro Otomo was born on April 14, 1954 in Tomei Miyagi Prefecture and grew up in Tomei District. 
He said that living in a very rural Tohaku region left him with nothing to do as a child, so he read a lot of manga. As the only boy in a family with older and younger sisters, he enjoyed reading and drawing manga on his own and thought about becoming a manga artist. Limited by his parents to buying one manga book a month, Otomo typically chose Kobusha's Shonen magazine, which included Astro Boy by Osamu Tetsuka and Tetsujin 28 Go by Mitsutero Yokoyama, a series which he would start copy drawing in elementary school. However, he said it was after reading Shotaro Ishinomori's How to Draw Manga that he understood how to draw manga properly and started doing so more seriously. While Otomo was in high school, he became fascinated with movies and thought about becoming an illustrator or film director. At this time, one of his friends introduced him to an editor at Futabasha, who, after seeing Otomo's manga, told the high school student to contact him if he moved to Tokyo after graduating. Otomo did exactly that and began his career as a professional manga artist. Oddly enough, another early influence was Stanley Kubrick. Otomo said that when he started his professional career in the late 1970s, that, quote, almost all manga was gekig, or sports manga, and had nothing to do with science fiction. Remembering how much he loved science fiction as a child, Otomo wanted to recreate that kind of excitement. Describing his characterization style, Otomo said he first tried to draw and imitate very traditional manga-like art, such as Astro Boy. But by the time he was in high school, illustration work by people like Tatanori Yoko and Yoshitaro Isaka were popular, so he wanted to create manga characters with this illustrative art style. When asked about how Japanese critics praised him as the first manga artist to draw realistic Japanese faces, Otomo said he always tries to balance fantasy and realism. Quote, Depicting things too realistically actually damages the social realism of the piece, and if you go too far into the realm of fantasy, that hurts its imaginative ability. At the age of 25, Otomo spent about 5 million yen to make a 16mm live-action film about an hour long. He said that making this private film showed him roughly how to make and direct movies. And in 1982, Otomo made his anime debut, working as character designer for the animated film Harmageddon Genma Wars. It was while working on this film that Otomo began thinking he could do it by himself. In 1987, Otomo directed an animated work for the first time, a segment which he also wrote the screenplay and drew animation for in the anthology feature Neo Tokyo. He followed this up with two segments in another anthology released later that year called Robot Carnival, and in 1988, he directed the animated film adaptation of his manga, Akira. Otomo has over 30 manga series under his belt along with a half-dozen art books, 12 directorial credits including a Gundam adaptation, and is still screenwriting with projects in the works, making him one of the most prolific Japanese artists of our time, standing alongside other great mangaka like Ichiro Oda, who wrote One Piece, Osamu Tetsuka, who wrote Astro Boy, and of course, Akira Toriyama of Dragon Ball fame. I'd like to thank today's sources, which are many, so bear with me. We've got akira.fandom.com, rotoscopers.com, 80skids.com, geektyrant.com, complex, slashfilm.com, ranker.com, and of course, wikipedia.com, because if it's on Wikipedia, then it must be true. Hey, did you know that you can not only follow me, Reese Hendrick, on Instagram, that's at Reese underscore comedy dot exe, but now you can also follow Science Factual on both Facebook and Instagram. That's at Science Factual Pod, or by simply searching for Science Factual on those platforms. You can also catch previous episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and of course the very free Shady Pines Radio app by downloading that app wherever it is you get your apps, and then visiting the Science Factual page. From there, you'll find an archive filled with episodes that are teeming with facts about your favorite science fiction. 
with more to come. We air new episodes every Tuesday as part of an amazing lineup. You're listening to ShadyPinesRadio.com. Here's the lineup for Tuesdays. Starting at 8 a.m., Science Factual with Reese Hendrick. Emotional Weather Report with Jamie Stewart at 10 a.m. At 11 a.m., Beat Salad with Mason O'Brien. At noon, The Blue Hour with Blue Adams. At 2 p.m., The Prog Hour with Reagan Lindy. Your Own Private PDX with DJ Squiffy at 3 p.m. At 4 p.m., Cosmic Taco Beach Shack with Big Papa Warrior. No Dancing Please with L. Ron Hubbard at 5 p.m. At 6 p.m., Anything New with Shorty L. Toasty Tunes with Alex Toast at 7 p.m. At 8 p.m., Radio Seance with your psychic friends. At 9 p.m., Fresh Unoriginal with DJ Wineglass. And at 10 p.m., Turntable Talk with Chili and Bass. No matter the day or time, you've picked the right time to listen in. Thanks for listening, and tell others. Shady Pines Radio. By the way, you can listen to Shady Pines Radio every day of the week, not just Tuesdays. Swing by any old time for guaranteed fresh local content, 24 hours a day, 8 days a week. For next week's episode, we're heading back to TV land with a look at the Dark series with comedian Matt Franco. I'm stoked to get into this head trip of a show. You can check that episode out airing Tuesday, June 21st, 2022 from 8 to 9 a.m. only on Shady Pines Radio. But before y'all mosey on out of here, how about we laugh together at the comedic stylings of Cam Strong? Enjoy. Time is a construct. (laughs) I have already told you the jokes, and you have already laughed. Forever. In all directions. Back and forth. Side to side. Two hops this time. Slide to the left. Slide to the right. Crisscross. Everybody clap your hands. That worked perfectly. That was perfect. I'm wearing contacts. (laughs) I'm gonna be honest with everyone here. I am stuck in a Groundhog's Day loop situation. I've lived this day millions of times. You have exactly 32 cents of change in your pocket. You've never had a real conversation with your father. You cry every time you listen to American Pie. And you're the best lover in this room. And the only one that breaks my heart every time. So in order for me to live another day, I have to do this set perfectly. 
Okay. So I was cooking some shrimp. Okay, that's the bit. Uh, I was smoking weed this morning. <laughs> I get a text from Mapster's neighbor. Weed smoke got baby high. I text right back, baby can pay back whenever. <laughs> fine. Uh, hey. There's a special someone in the room, and, uh, you know, I just want to tell them, give me back my boy. I don't have the money, <laughs> but just please let me see my child. I'm good for it. I promise. To the end of the week, Johnny, end of the week. <laughs> I forgot my next joke. <laughs> Anytime I, next, I forget my next joke, though, just open this up right here. Okay. Oh, right. I was just at the joke store the other day. <laughs> great place. If you've never been to the joke store, they got a great sale on yo mama jokes right now. Uh, like your mama, it's two for one. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know if you guys could tell by looking at me, but I am the worst mix of races. My mom was white, and so was my father. <laughs> white people are the worst people. We've done more damage to the earth than anyone else. White people are the worst. And then it's Chinese. <laughs> Chinese is number two. Ooh. Nice crowd. <laughs> I have a sexuality, you have a sexuality. We're not supposed to question sexualities, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna question your sexuality. <laughs> you ready? Where was your sexuality the night of June 19th, sir? <laughs> Does your sexuality know Johnny Two Gun Smith? Are you gay? My girlfriend, she just got upset with me because I ate her birth control. It was hard, but I got that IUD down. I ate it. Like a goat chewing on a tin can, baby. I just looked her right in the eyes. We're reproducing. My favorite sex position is um, forward, wait, no. How's the joke go? Come on. My favorite sex position is reverse cowgirl. And that makes me think that there's a cow out there whose favorite sex position is forward human heifer. My girlfriend's favorite sex position is just missionary with any other guy. You know, like the glasses, I don't actually have a girlfriend either. <laughs> Extremely alone. I used to date Thomas the Tank Engine. He hit me. And then he got charged with domestic caboose. <laughs> Thank you. Folks, I am the setup 
and you are the punchline. And this is the joke. I've been Cameron. Have a good night.